you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, welcome to your Friday. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, Sherry B and J-Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. I think that if you can, um, then you're able to see the program streaming on Facebook. Yes. I see some thumbs up over there. So. Okay. Facebook and YouTube. <laughs> Which on, on a Friday like this, this is our gumbo show. So welcome to the show. This is where we do sort of a recap of the week, which is mm-hmm. an abbreviated week. Uh, we were only with you two days this week. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, though, those two days um, are uh, recapable. <laughs> I think I so. Know. I think so. Um, but then also we take your calls. So yes. your calls help fuel the show. You've got questions for us, comments on anything that we've talked about before. Um, then you can throw those questions out and we will weave that into the program, into our discussion on Fridays. We try to do just a little bit of a lighter show and kind of jump start that conversation with just a little bit of recap on Monday. Um, mm-hmm. we had a pretty serious show and, you know, hopefully people didn't take the, um, the wording of the show mm-hmm. for like sort of a joke I, well, I don't think people would take it that way because, well, we were discussing 30 years, uh, three decades of conversion therapy in this country. Yeah. And, I, you know, I just wonder, even after we, we wrap up that show, I wonder how many people can actually look back and say, you know what, if I'm being honest, there has been a shift in my thinking on certain issues and I didn't even realize it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like there are things that I've laughed at, things that I've accepted um, things that I've viewed that if those things were to be defined as celebration mm-hmm. or even like normalization, um, then I might be guilty of those things. Yeah. And so anyways, um, just to jog your memory on Monday, we were talking to, uh, about the, um, the San Francisco gay men's chorus and their assertion that they were joking and that it was taken out of context and, you know, conservatives got upset, but it was a joke. <laughs> uh, and, and I said, and it might be funny um, or I think I said it would be funny, which I regret that <laughs> maybe I should have said might, might be funny if it were not written about, um, in 1989 in the book right. after the ball, that right. conversion was the aim. Right. And so my, my whole point was, um, to unpack that over the last three decades, America, America mm. has been the subject of conversion therapy. Yeah. Like we, we have, we have undergone conversion therapy in this country some of us have fought it um some of us have resisted and and many of us unbeknownst to ourselves have not Mm. and we've we've changed we've been converted i mean think if you think about it bit by bit bit. and that's what they said you know it's like over time you know you get uh, desensitized to this stuff and it's and it's like Man, you you see your your mind begin to change as 
as you view these issues. Yeah. And you got to step back and say, man, I, I, I used to not allow this. But right. now, you know, I feel like I need to say it's all right. Yeah. I think if you look at the topic of homosexuality and most recently um, the question of transgenderism, mm -hmm. um, I think if you look at this the way you would look at any other sin that the Bible describes, I mean, we're, we're not left in the dark on this. Right. Contrary to what some people might say right. about God whispering. But, but, but <laughs> let on. me also say this. <laughs> Can I, you know, so here's my thought, though. Um, even if. Even if, let's just say, even if the Lord were to, quote unquote, whisper on a topic, he's God. Right. That doesn't mean you ignore it. That's like you lean in. Right. You know, it's, it's like. You need to hear. Like you, His whispering is to be respected. Listen, yes. <laughs> like how, how disrespectful, to your point, how disrespectful is that yeah. to say, well, it's, it's like a kid in rebellion mm. who kind of heard the parent give instruction, but it was, you, you know, you could kind of pretend like that, you know, yeah. no one would stand for that. So yeah. anyways, but the, the measure, uh, um, I think as to whether or not you've been converted in this country, the measure is when you look at what the Bible lists as sin, clearly the Bible is very clear. Do you make any other disclaimers or give any other disclaimers or make any other apologies or concessions for those sins? Um, like you do for the sin of homosexuality mm. or most recently here, uh, transgenderism. I, right. I don't, I don't think you do. Right. I don't think you do. I, I don't think that we have discussions about carving out space for active ongoing adulterers. Right. We, we just don't. don't No. And, and so when, whenever you find yourself in the category where you are normalizing that you can say that your conversion therapy was successful. Hmm. Right. Yeah. So anyway, that was Monday. And by the way, let me give the phone the phone number so that if you want to talk to us, we can get your calls queued up. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Uh, Sherry B. will get your call on and uh, we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. If we're familiar with it, we'll do that. If we're not, we'll tell you, hey, I'm not familiar with that. I'll have to look into it. And um, depending on the extent of the looking in. <laughs> some some things are easier to look at than others. Right. Yeah. Um, then we'll do that. So. Anyways, that was on Monday. And then on Tuesday, uh, we were talking about in religion, confession is key and how, you know, everywhere you look, somebody is trying to get you to say something. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> somebody's trying to get you to confess something um, so that you show that you are subscribed, you're dialed in. And I think in more strong or, or not more in, in stronger terms, <laughs> you know. In stronger terms, I think that people are trying to get you to confess, like to to join their religion, right. join their religious conviction. Right. And and I think that just is something that cannot be ignored. Um, this is why people are demanding that you use their pronouns. This is why people are demanding that you call yourself a racist. This is why people are demanding that you say black lives matter. Um, you know, you, you know what the temptation is to say certain lives matter because you try to avoid. You know, <laughs> look, let's just talk about what's happening in the culture. Like, let's just be honest with it. Um, one of the things that I, I feel like we've been able to pinpoint and and talk about unapologetically on this show is that we're not going to be forced to say anything. We're not going to be forced to confess anything that the culture is doling out and saying you have to confess this. Now, listen, we understand the power of confession. Why? Because we must confess our sin mm -hmm. to come to the Lord. We must agree with the Lord. We must say the same thing that he says about sin. Yeah. 
Amen. So now think about that in spiritual terms when we look at what's happening in the culture and they are also demanding confession, demanding confession. And so yeah. many people, even in the church, and this bothers me more than any other place that you see this displayed. It bothers me that this is happening in the church, that you have people confessing this and confessing that and saying things and they don't even understand the extent of, of what they're saying. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. All right. Um, shall we go to the phone lines? 888-589-8840. 888 888- Five eight nine. We're not quite ready yet, but before we go there, go there. I want to make sure we mention that uh, we have a date night coming up. Oh yes, I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You can get the information at marriagefamilylife.net. If you click on uh, the events tab, you can go ahead and uh, and register. You have to register because it's a free event, but we need to know that you're coming. And so um, our date nights are just a time where we want to. Uh, let married couples just have a time where they can come and have a meal with us. We play a game. Uh, we talk about marriage. You can connect with other couples. It's just a, a way to kind of refresh yourself because I know life happens, you mm-hmm. know, and we need uh, to have those breaks. And so our, our marriage family life date night uh, is coming up uh, August. What is it? 24th. Yes. I believe yes, so. that's in right. Hattiesburg, in Hattiesburg, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. But you can get the information if you go to marriage family life dot net and then uh register it's a free event once again but you have to register because we will be serving a a, a meal and uh, it's just going to be a great time it's going to be a great time all right and you can go to marriagefamilylife.net marriagefamilylife.net um to get registered there yes it's interesting i'm looking at the screen here for our video Mm -hmm. i feel like a smurf yeah but that's not what's going on the live really yeah Okay, I have good. that. I see the same thing, <laughs> but that's not what's what's on the live feed. You ready to go to phone line? I am. Let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Real, really great. Where do we go first? All right. Let's go to Jeff in Missouri. Hi, Jeff. Hi. How you doing? I love y'all's show. Thank hey, you. My thing is, for the last 40 years, I would not use the word fetus. It's a baby in the womb. I think uh, giving in to their terminology changes that they make is slowly being programmed like you're talking about. And I just, mm. I, I won't do that. I won't do that on abortion or other things too. It's just, I'm not going to use their terminology. That's giving in. Yeah. Oh no, man, I, that is I an agree. excellent point. That is I an agree. excellent point. And then they'll have you at the place where you think you're talking about two different things. Like, you know, the, the way we describe this, we're talking about a baby. We're talking about a person made in the image of God, fetus meaning baby, mm-hmm. right? Um, but they have changed the way we think on these issues and even the way we communicate on these issues. Jeff, that is an excellent point. You you are spot on with that. And I think, man, you know, we got an email mm-hmm. from one of our listeners. And um, I was reading that email earlier this morning where uh, he was talking about the rainbow and, and kind of hearkening back to a show that we did yeah. where we were talking about the rainbow being taken over and how... Um, that should have never happened. How did that happen? How did we allow that to happen? And uh, he had some suggestions about how we might take it back. And I got to say, brother, I, I do not disagree with you. I think, it, you know, we have done ourselves a disservice by pretending that we don't understand what that symbol originally meant. Right. What that sign was. God specifically said what the sign was. That's not even something that we have to guess at. Right. Right. You it's know? clear. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. All right. Uh, thank you for calling, Jeff. I appreciate it. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right. Let's go to Patty in Missouri. Hi, Patty. Hello. Hello. Can, can you hear me? Yes. 
okay, I had a question. Mm-hmm. I'm totally off to- topic of what you're talking about. Okay. Um, I wanted to know, I know I'm a, you know, God-fearing Christian woman. I know the first time that I asked God to forgive me for something that he forgave me. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I never learned to do was forgive myself. Hmm. And I wanted to get some advice on that. This has been something that I've carried around with me for 30 years. Hmm. And I, I don't know how to totally let it go. Hmm. Thank you. Yeah. He forgave me. Yeah. That. But no one ever has really told me how, how I'm supposed to forgive myself. Hmm. All right. Thank you, Patty. Man, Patty, first, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is um, a biblical understanding Um for the requirement of forgiveness, like why do we need to be forgiven? Because there is a debt that we owe to God, right? We have transgressed uh, God's law. We have sinned against God. And so we have to be forgiven. Then also what comes to my mind is when we sin against one another, the reason there is the need for forgiveness is because sin against anyone is sin against God because it is in fact sin, right? Mm -hmm. And I want to say this very carefully because I think that we really do struggle when we have harmed someone or something has happened um, because of something that we've done either directly or indirectly. Um, There is the reality that a person is actually harmed by that. Right. Mm -hmm. And we seek the Lord's forgiveness and the Lord um, uh, makes that forgiveness available to us. He forgives us. Let me say it more actively than that. The Lord forgives us. But then there is the reality that we struggle with the guilt of it. Right. And I think about David and I think about what he wrote in the Psalms, how the Lord forgave him and even forgave the guilt of his sin. But there is something that our culture has um, popularized and normalized within the Christian community that I don't think we see a whole lot of scriptural support for. And it is this feeling um, that that, you know, we have to forgive ourselves Mm. now let me explain what i mean that that is sort of a um that that is a popular counseling point that we often hear you've got to forgive yourself Mm -hmm. you've got to forgive yourself but then it also will root and anchor sort of the the other side the effects of that forgiving ourselves in like humanity right like what i can do for myself is so important (laughs) what is of great Greatest importance is that the Lord forgives us when we come Amen. to him. Amen. Now, I, I don't want to just stay there, but I'm running out of time. On the other side of the break, I want to unpack this just a little bit further for um, Patty's um, sake. We'll, we'll be right back. I'm screaming now, set me on fire. Set me on fire. Make me a blaze till my heart expire. Set me on fire. Set me on fire. As I give you praise and lift your name higher, Lord, set me on fire. Set me on fire, make me a blaze till my heart expire. Set me on fire, set me on fire. As I give you praise and lift your name higher. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's the Oracle with Set Me on Fire. Um, I, I wanted to finish um commenting on or responding to Patty's question because Patty is not the only person, the only Christian to struggle with this. Mm. And honestly, I think that um, the great struggle is guilt. It's guilt over our sin, right? Guilt over our transgression. Mm -hmm. And um, 
praise the Lord that when we confess our sin to him, when we come to him, he forgives us of our sin completely. Mm -hmm. Um, Not remembering our sin, not counting our sin against us. Now, I want you to think of the hubris, like how big we have to be to say God forgives and doesn't remember that sin, doesn't count that sin against us, but we will. Mm. So so there is a sense in which we make ourselves greater than God that, you know, well, I just I just can't get over it. I just I can't stop thinking about this. Now, there are times that the enemy wants to torment us. And I believe that great access has been given uh, for this torment because we have submitted ourselves to a lot of kind of secular thinking on forgiveness. You've got to forgive yourself. You've got to learn to release yourself. Well, look, your eternity um, really hinges on whether or not the Lord forgives you. Yeah. That's first and foremost. (laughs) Right, right. Then after that is accepting that forgiveness. Listen, it's not un. It's not unbiblical. In in fact, if you look at the New Testament, you look at Paul's letters, man, Paul recalls how he persecuted the church. Mm -hmm. Man, there was there was sorrow connected to that. And he says, you know what he did? He he did in ignorance. Right. So there there was remorse connected to that. Yeah. But he also wrote to the Philippians that he was forgetting those things that were behind him and he Mm, was pressing on. Come on. He was he was pressing on. So so this is a choice that the Apostle Paul was making. And and I don't know, Patty, I don't know what it is that the enemy tries to torment you with and remind you of. Right. But I would imagine that like the Apostle Paul, God's grace is sufficient for you, for whatever it is that you have done. God's grace is sufficient. And the biggest thing, one, is recognizing our sin and confessing that to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right? If if you if you can understand that God forgives, I mean that's that's the highest hurdle. To understand that God forgives and to come to the Lord and to seek that forgiveness. After that, it's a daily choice that we make to walk in that forgiveness. Amen. And to not keep digging those things up to allow the enemy to torment us. Amen. Because in fact, that's what it is. It's it's torment. Yeah. I don't know, Will the Great, if you wanted to add anything no, to that. No, I agree. You made some great points. You know, that that was a remorse associated with, you know, Paul's sinful life before Christ, you know, and, and what he did. But, you know, after Christ and the acceptance, I mean, because he did reflect on that as like, man, you know, I think that caused him to even go harder <laughs> for the yeah. Lord. He, he was like, man, I went hard for the world. I, I went hard for what I thought was righteousness, you know, man, but now that I'm, uh, uh, in Christ, I press for the mark. And I think Amen. that's that's the thing. You know, there is a, a guilt and a shame uh, affiliated with sin, but God forgives even the guilt of our sin, you Amen. know. And so we, we have to accept that. You know, that's, an, that's something that has to happen in our hearts where we ha- have to accept that and ask the Lord to help us to accept that if there's a, a, a blockage there. Yeah, yeah, amen. Well, the great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Marty in Tennessee. Hi, Marty. Hello. Hello. How are y'all? Doing Hello. good. Listen, love your show. Listen to it most every day. I have a question, and maybe maybe you could give me a little, head me in the right direction. Okay. I was having a discussion last night with my brother-in-law. At, at, uh, we were having dinner together, and uh, we were. I started talking about, you know, kind of what's going on out there in the culture. and. Mm about how critical race theory's being taught and mm-hmm. you know, he, he kinda poo pooed all that and 
<laughs> and he, he starts saying, well, how do you know that? Have you read all? Hey, where, do you, where are you getting your information? Da, 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 da. So I, I guess my question is, are there any good sources <laughs> well, where you can actually get facts of who's where it's being taught and who's teaching it and that kind of thing? Or I mean, I, I, I know it's being taught. I don't yeah. have young kids in school, but I do have grandchildren who are coming up to school age. So do you have any advice there? Okay, so we that's a great question, Marty. Thank you so much for that. So um, not to reinvent the wheel, the the wheel specifically um, as it pertains to schools and where critical race theory is being taught and how critical race theory is being taught, where and how and instances of it. uh, Christopher Rufo Mm. um, has done an incredible job of compiling all of the information in one place. Yeah. So if you go to ChristopherRufo.com, you can read all of the information. He's been researching it. He's been documenting the instances of critical race theory um, and the many manifestations of it. Because I think one of the things that's difficult to understand is that not every school is calling the instruction critical race theory. Right. They're just instructing kids um, in, in the verbiage Right. Without using the term critical race theory. So right. telling them if they fall into certain categories that they are oppressors, um, telling them if they fall into other categories that they are the oppressed, uh, that they have privilege, that they will always have privilege, teaching mm. things like equity um, mm-hmm. and, and all of these things. So those things are happening in school. Christopher Rufo dot com is a great spell his last name. Is R-U-F-O. R-U-F-O. Okay. R-U-F-O. Christopher Rufo dot com. If you go to his website. Um, he's got an entire series which goes back months and months looking at uh, critical race theory and how it is manifested in schools all across this country, all across this country. I want to give him mad props because he's done incredible research and investigation, and he is bold on this. And, I mean, he irrefutable facts. Yeah. So that would be for school specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, as it pertains to the church, I would, I would recommend um, – AFA's Cultural Institute yeah. DVD. It's a biblical response to a critical race theory done by Miki. You know, I know she don't want to say that, but it's done by Miki, which Miki, you have put a lot of research into that and specifically how it is affecting the church. Yes. Uh, and it's a biblical response. You can, and actually it's available today. If you go to the AF, you go to afastore.net, you can, you can get it today. And it's a, a DVD where you can watch. You can sit down and watch with your family, with your friends, you know, a little uh, a, a life group or whatever uh, it may be, and learn about this issue and how it's affecting the church. So I would highly recommend um, a biblical response to critical race theory done by Miki, and it's out today at the AFA store. It's a two-part DVD, so I will admit it's a little bit of an investment of time, but the two parts were necessary because what I do is I trace the origin of critical race theory back to critical theory, back to Marxism. Mm. And, and, and in order to understand critical race theory, you have to understand Marxism. You have to understand both classical Marxism and cultural Marxism and its progression to critical theory, which then is critical race theory. Yeah. And so in, in order to do that, it takes time. And now there are people who want to just um, have you deal with critical race theory mm-hmm. and they, they, they want to challenge you on that. But that is that is just the latest iteration of it. I think to really understand it, you have to go back to its origin, classical Marxism. And that's what I do in that DVD based on the research 
um, that I, that I did, mm-hmm. um, man, over two years ago. You're looking over that, at that big book. I'm looking over at the you. big, the big red book. <laughs> um, I go back to original sources yeah. because there are people who will say, "Well, th- people are not saying that today. <laughs> it's just this." Yeah, they will say, "It's simply this." Oh, it's just a little. And I'm going, no, you you can't separate what is being taught today from its root, that's right. from its origin, that's right. and that's what I do in that presentation. And I, you know, I would like to humbly recommend it to every believer, uh, not because I did it, but just because, man, hopefully um, it, it will give you the information that you need. Amen. So Amen. thank you for your question, Marty. I appreciate it. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Larry in Virginia. Hi, Larry. Hey, I praise God for, uh, I believe you and your wife are doing a fabulous job in God. And I understand that you're raising, is it two or three kids? Yeah, six. six. You have six? Yes, sir. Well, may God bless you. I, didn't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> I enjoy your program. Thank you. And E.W. Jackson. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, I've taught school for 40 years. I'm going to make it fast because mm. I, I know you have other callers. I've taught school for 40 years in Virginia. I'm not going back to school to be a substitute teacher since I retired because I'm not going to listen to a uh, man dressed up like a woman uh, there's man, you know, I don't believe mm-hmm. in that. God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Mm-hmm. And that's why we need to get back to the way that we were brought up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the reason I'm so great is because I'm a PK kid. You know what a PK kid is? Preacher is that kid? A preacher's uh, kid? Uh, something else. Preacher's kid, that's yeah, right. Yeah. So awesome. I haven't made it to church, but I listen to the radio station. And may God bless you. I can't remember the name because I'm nervous. That's but, okay. Uh, six kids. And, uh, <laughs> and we can't remember their names two. either. So <laughs> so you're okay, Larry. God bless you, brother. Thank you, Larry. Look, let, let me just, power. Yeah, thank let you, me Larry. just say something. Um, thank you so much for calling, Larry. I appreciate it. Hey, if you want to talk to us today, you can. It's Friday. It's our gumbo show. So it's a little bit of a lighter show, and you really kind of drive the content. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Eight eight four zero. Um, let me just say to Larry, I just would encourage you, brother, and it's only because you mentioned it, you know. Okay, um, if there is any way for you to uh, find a fellowship of believers there in Virginia, around you, I would encourage you to do so. And and let me tell you, we are in a time. I used to say we're headed toward a time, but we're in a time where um, understanding how vital the fellowship of the believer is mm. um, cannot be overstated. That's we right. really do we need, need one other. another. That's right. We really do. We need the encouragement. We need the support. We need the people who will, um, when we want to break formation, Mm. because, because the battle is fierce and the temptation is to break formation. But we need other brothers and sisters who have not cowered, who have not bent a knee to bail, who will say, hold, Mm. hold the line. Mm. And so I want to encourage you, Larry, um, if, you know, if, if you can, if you're able to get out and to to be in fellowship with Bible believing uh, Christians, I would strongly encourage you to do that. Um, we need it; it's not optional. Amen. All right, well, the great. Where do we go next? All right, let's go to Brad in Arkansas. Hi, Brad. Hey, how are you guys doing? Doing Hello. great. Hello. Yes, um, uh, my heart was really uh, uh, touched by Patty um, mm-hmm. uh, a couple callers ago. Um, I like to share something that that really helped me. I made some just devastating decisions when I was younger and I thought mm-hmm. there was no hope for me. 
uh, until I began to read through the Bible and found something actually in the Old Testament that gave me quite a bit of hope. Second mm. uh, Kings and Second Chronicles both deal with the kings of Judah, and the worst was King Manasseh. Second mm-hmm. Kings talks about how that he even caused the blood to run in the streets of Jerusalem because mm-hmm. of his sins that he was committing. Yeah. And um, but you don't read in Second Kings what you read in Second Chronicles that gave me hope, and it was that even though he was so evil. Uh, even to the point that God said that the exile would come because of his sins. Hmm. Um, he was captured by the king of Assyria and, and, and drawn away into bonds, but he prayed to the Lord as God. Uh, hmm. <laughs> and God was entreated uh, by his prayer Mm-hmm. and heard him and restored him to his kingdom. And I thought, oh, my goodness, mm-hmm. if God can do that for the most evil king of Judah, mm-hmm. maybe there mm-hmm. is hope for me. Oh, yeah. man. Thank oh, you so much. glory to God. Brad, that's, thank you. Right, that's God. so encouraging. Man. Thank you so much. Amen. God Amen. bless you. I, I hope that our sister was uh, still listening. Yes, I hope so. You know, um, so. thank you, Brad. Will the Great, where do we go next? Let's go to uh, Viva in Kentucky. Hi, Viva. Hi. Hello. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to say that I received Mickey's um, The Critical Race Theory DVD today, mm. and I was watching it, and um, I knew the show was coming on, so I wanted to get this in. What I have seen already, I am just uh, I'm taken back. It helped me more than with the terminology and mm. everything that she has said. And uh, I was talking with a friend the other day, and she was saying she didn't understand all of this going on. And so uh, I'm going to share this with her. Mm. And uh, you did a great job with explaining everything. And uh, I just appreciate it so much. Mm. Thank you so much, Viva. Viva. Thank you. Thank you. That is so encouraging. Thank you so much. Mm. I'm so glad to hear that. I That's my hope. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Anything that we do for the Lord is our reasonable act of service. Like there's, you, you, there's no medals involved in that. Like everything that we do for the Lord is what we just should basically do. And so my hope, my, my highest hope is that God will be glorified and that the bride will be strengthened. And so to hear you say that it really was informative that you learned some things that you didn't know before. Um, that's just really encouraging. So Viva, thank you. Thank you so much for that. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go next? Let's go to Claire in Mississippi. Hi, Claire. Hi, I'm so excited to talk to y'all. Um, y'all encourage me so much, and God moves me into uh, further communion with Him because of you. Oh, wow. Um, I, I wanted to speak to Patty, and I, I think she hit a nerve with a lot of uh, listeners, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but I. I wanted to add on um, to my brother uh, about King Manasseh. Um, mm. Two things in the Old Testament that um, have given me so much strength um, is in Psalm 51, um, David talks about, and let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Mm. And it gives this picture of absolute brokenness 
Hey, Claire, I I hate to do this. Let me jump in really quickly. We got to grab the break. We'll come back and pick up with your comments. They're already encouraging. Aaron, the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. It's Friday. We're wrapping up a short week for us, um, but uh, we still want to take your calls and hear from you. I know there's so much that we covered during the week, and we don't always get all of your calls in. So hopefully on Fridays, uh, we can kind of make up for that. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Evan and Eris. Die daily. Sherry B is over in Studio CC taking your calls at 888-589-8840-888. 589-8840, Will the Great. Uh, we left off with Claire before we went to yes. the break, and there was some encouragement there for our sister Patty. Um, yes. Claire, are you still there? I'm here, yes. Thanks for holding. So, Go right ahead. Um, yes, thank you. So in Psalm 51, David is just crying out to God, and he says, Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. And so he's having to ask God to bring his broken bones up, which if we're completely broken, there's nothing we can do to mend our own bones. Mm. And then after that, um, David says, and then my mouth will declare your praise. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the exact wording, but it, it, it basically is pointing out that it will bring people to the Lord. And it's just like in uh, Joel, um, that the Lord will take back the years that the locusts have stolen, not just the action of our sin, but where we sin in it, like Patty, for 30 years. Mm. He will bring all of those years back, even if it's only even two more years that she was able to um, give the encouragement to others that she had received, just like Paul says. And so I just wanted to encourage my sister and everybody else that is on is God has a great move in the church and the fields are ripe for harvest. And whether we experience the flip of our culture on its head because of a great awakening Mm -hmm. or we don't, he is moving And he has purpose for each person who has been forgiven to give to others because the Great Commission isn't done because he hadn't come back yet. Mm. And he is good and he is love. And just thank y'all so much for for what you do and and allowing me to share. Oh, thank you so much, Claire. I appreciate you. I just want to read the passage that you were alluding to. Um, and, and I'm not sure exactly if this is what you were drawing a blank on, but I, I wanted to make sure to include it uh, in, in Psalm 51, verse 10. I'll read verses 10 um, and 10 through 13. I'll read that just really quickly. It says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me. Uh, with a willing spirit, then I will teach transgressors your ways hmm. and sinners will return 
to you. Mm. Um, so anyway, mm. thank you, Claire, so much for your encouragement. I appreciate it. And I'm sure that our sister Patty does as well. Yeah. Will the Great, where do we go next? Let's go to Anthony in Tennessee. Hi, Anthony. Hey, y'all. How are you? Doing Hello. great. Um, great. Hey, I've called in before. We had a great conversation. This time I just have a question, then I'll get off. Um, I'm not really a believer uh, like y'all are, I guess. Um, but I listen to your show, and I listen to the one after it. I think uh, exploring the Bible or um, exploring the word. When I do mm-hmm. listen to, yeah, when I do listen to AFR, I hear so much fear in everybody's messages. Mm-hmm. I hear fear of like the culture and civil and human rights and schools and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I read, you know, I have read the Bible, and I see fear not, fear not, hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. And I just want to know, I guess, from your perspective why Christians seem so scared of everything. And also, I hear a lot about sex on AFR. It's crazy. And even when I was <laughs> on hold, uh, the very first thing, the very first uh, you know, commercial was, a, again, about sex. It's kind of weird. Anyway, I just wanted to hear your, uh, <laughs> what, y- what y'all think about that. Hey, uh-huh. Anthony, let me ask you a question. Um, can you stay on the line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I I think that you I think you're right. I remember talking with you um, before. So so let me ask you a question, and and you can be really honest. Like right, we just again, my style yeah. is over a cup of coffee, which I actually happen to have one here today. Um, so cool. when you listen to Aaron the Addison specifically, do you kind of get the feeling from from me or from Will the Great that we're afraid? Um, well, I do, I do, I do hear a lot about like fear about like what's like indoctr like what's happening what's happening to children like mm. they're being indoctrinated somehow by mm. by so know, do you think schools, do you think instance. do you think we're afraid or do you think we're warning people and i i honestly i just want to know do you hear like in, in my voice specifically because i i don't want to speak for everyone i want to speak specifically um for myself but i want to make sure that i'm speaking to the right concern when you hear me on a daily basis, do you think, man, she's so afraid? Or do you think she's so, I don't want to give you words. Do you think she's so afraid? Let me just yeah. stop there. Okay, well, okay, so even if it's concern, like, you know, our our primal response to something that we might be afraid of is concern and to, you know, draw our community away from that. So I think the, I think the basis is fear, but, but, but I don't hear your voice or anything like that. But I, hmm. but I do think on a on a on a primal level, it is fear, right? Like we, you know, we see something coming that that we think, um, you know, threatens our community. So we kind of gather around and and uh, warn them. But but I think that the root is fear. I would say. Hmm. I, I, I mean, I don't hear fear in your voice, but I I think that that's the the primal root of it. You know, so it's interesting. So I think that you're you're right, but I think also not 100% accurate. So I think that you're right that there is a fear that Christians have, but the word um has different meanings, right? So so let me read I'm going to read a passage of scripture and I hope that this passage of scripture describes what Will the Great and I are trying to do on Aaron the Addison's, right? Okay, so so this is Jude. Jude just has one chapter, so verse 23. Well, um, I'm going to start at verse 20. All right, so here's Jude, chapter 1, the only chapter, verse 20. <laughs> All right, um, it says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God, 
waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Verse 22, and have mercy on those who doubt, save others by snatching them out of the fire to others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Mm. Now that sounds kind of crazy. Like what does all of that mean? Right? Well, what is Jude doing? He is imploring believers, number one, to hold the line. Number two, to warn others that there is an eternity that awaits and to implore those people to turn, to be reconciled to God. And then he uses this word fear here. Well, this word is actually the Greek word phobos, right? And it's where we get like our phobia word. But this word also means with dread, mm. right? So it's like, oh, this is what is on the horizon if you do not repent of your sin. So, yes, there is a fear in as much as there is a dread that for people who reject Jesus, a Bible believing Christian will say that condemns you to hell. That's what we believe. And, and so I want to speak in genuine terms, right? I don't want to speak in terms that would please a culture. I want to speak biblically. This is what I believe. This is what I believe Jesus Christ taught. This is what I believe the apostles taught. And so this is what I have no choice but to teach, right? So there is a dread that is associated with what we see happening in the culture that our culture is normalizing rebellion against God. And in so doing, what our culture is doing is making it easier for people to spend an eternity um, separated from God. Mm. So there, there is a fear in as much as it's like, don't you know what awaits you? Now, to the point that we often make where we're imploring people to culture-proof their kids and to protect their kids. So let me just say, I'm not afraid of the culture. Like at all, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and, and I don't want to sound like, I don't want to sound, you know, arrogant, but I'm not. I'm not afraid of the culture like at all. Right. Because I read the Bible and I read that the Bible predicts that we would live in very perilous times, that That's we would right. live in That's difficult right. times, right. times where men would not even know how to discern right from mm-hmm. wrong. So when I see it happening, I'm like, guys, right. it's actually in the book. Like we, we don't have to be like shocked by. It, so I'm not afraid. The thing that um, frustrates me. And where you hear probably the most outrage coming from me is when Christians can't battle. Mm. Like I'm, I'm, it's like, it's like a person who's like standing next to somebody who's trembling Yeah. and, and you're going, you have a sword. It's like to awaken out, out of that stupor. It's like, yes. wake up. You know, it's like when you're trying to shake someone, you know, and trying to get them up and you have a tone in your voice that man, look, you have to get up now. You have to get up now. This cannot wait any longer. This is something that is urgent. And so I think sometimes that can be translated into, oh, man, why are they so alarmed or fearful when it's really, man, like we're trying to stir something and shake something, you know, uh, by the spirit, not just by Mm -hmm. our own just human, you know, voices. But we want to use the word of God to say, man, look at what's happening and it's time to wake up. Yeah. And one last thing I'll say about this, Anthony, Um, I appreciate I think it's a little bit funny, kind of a little bit tongue in cheek (laughs) when you when you say you hear more about sex on AFR. Um, I would just say that's probably because you're not in public school and probably because you don't watch a lot of television and don't spend a lot of time on social media. (laughs) Is that right? Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe. What do you say, Anthony? Did you say something? I'm sorry. I I actually am. I'm an admin in in public school for real. Wow. Oh, do you you sit in the (laughs) classrooms? I mean, I'm being, I'm, I'm, yeah. Okay, I'm just joking. No, but so you're you're <laughs> telling me that comprehensive sexual education is not taught in schools? Oh, well, not in <laughs> my school. I mean, I'm in middle school. <laughs> hey, 
Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. That's. I did a whole presentation about your middle schools. <laughs> but data does show that that comprehensive sex education does does lead to fewer unwanted pregnancies. So it might it might be a great thing, especially if you don't want. Wait, what that is that? Nah. Okay. Okay. Um, and, 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 and also, <laughs> it does not also show that the kids are not engaging in sexual activity. But, but it depends on where, where our, and I hate to say like as if there's a sliding scale of morality, it also depends on what we call moral. So like, for example, I believe that the Bible condemns fornication which is sex outside of marriage. So if we say that kids are not getting pregnant as a result of sexual activity and we make that the bar, or at least they're not making babies, mm. then we ignore the fact that God condemns fornication, sex outside of marriage. He condemns that as sin. Then we've missed the mark. Yeah. But of course, that means that we have to both be Bible believing Christians and we have to believe what Paul wrote to the Corinthians. So um, anyway, I get what you're saying. I, I hear yeah, you. you um, I, I will just say, I don't think a lot of uh, a lot of the people that I talk to now, there are some people who are afraid. And we talk about that, like because there's sometimes we've taken our eyes off the cross. And so sometimes mm. there there is fear, um, but there doesn't need to be fear. Yeah. Um, yeah. I say, you know, culture proof your kids. Right. Culture proof yourself. Culture proof your kids. You don't need to live in fear. The Bible has already told us that we were going to live in these times that perilous times would come. And we see those times right now. And so we're equipped to stand against them, That's not right. in fear, um, but also not ignoring it right. and pretending like it's not happening. Right. You know? All right. We can talk some more, Anthony, if you want another time. Um, I'd like to I'd like for you to submit your data to me <laughs> about the blessings of comprehensive sexual education, because then I'd like to submit my data to you. <laughs> and so then we can let that war out. All right. Where do we go next? Will the Great. All right. Let's go to Mark in Texas. Hi, Mark. Hey, how you guys doing? Doing great. Hey, so, you know, I had a question, but the spirit drove me in another direction. And it's about talking about, you know, we talk, I heard the word culture. We, you guys said it several times within the last 10 minutes. And, and I guess my question to you guys is, wh how are we dealing? And what are your perspective on, you know, the African-American culture and the hour of segregation on Sundays, you know, mm -hmm. where, you know, the this hour is where we 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 go away from you know desegregation and, and go to our own churches and then come back from church and say okay we can go back to normal you know how do we move past that hmm. and you know because I've, I've been in conversation for the last couple months with a lot of people about this and and it seems we can't get away from that what what is your thoughts on that yeah i, I think each question. christian should refuse to engage in that yeah yeah i think each christian should refuse to elect or to choose to go to a church simply based on the color component. I think if a Christian takes a step back and says, I want to be in a place where the Bible is taught with authority. Mm. I want to be in a place where we say that, that, that Jesus Christ is preeminent. I want to be in a place where the word of God is the straight edge, where the pastor is teaching a biblical worldview. Then I, I think you, you, you get way outside of the category of, my pastor is black or yeah. my pastor is white. Yeah. I think you're looking for truth. And when you're looking for truth, then you're probably going to find yourself in a first century church type situation where, you know, second and third century as well. They're called levelers. And if we're in Christ, all culture has to submit to Christ. Amen. All. Amen. Each and every one of them. <laughs> Diversity is not new. 
You look at the church in Antioch, like, man, the Lord was doing something and continues to do something to people who are submitted to him as Lord. So I think each individual person must make the decision not to segregate himself or herself on a Sunday morning. Search after truth. Amen. All right. We're out of time. Unfortunately, (laughs) we'll be back with you on Monday. Until then, Lord willing. God bless.